Music, industry talk, stories, equipment and more. We are Crossfader and this is Off 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 the Record. Off the Record. Off the Record. Right, welcome back. We're back on Off the Record, the DJ podcast. My name's Jamie Hartley and next to me I've got... This is Lawrence James. Yes. And that's just, it. That's it today. <laughs> There's only us two, so apologies if you came here for Danny James' material. Yeah, we, uh, we tried to get him on, but he's, he's, Honestly, he's wanting to get some edits done. Things so. are so busy. It's, yeah. not, it's just crazy at the minute. There's so much stuff going on then there's just not enough of us. <laughs> exactly that. I think we've got loads going on. We've got loads of new courses in the pipeline. We've got yeah. loads of new content for the DJ Hub in the pipeline. So there's been lots and lots mm. of filming right here in the studio. If you're watching a clip somewhere, yeah. you'll be able to see it in the background. But we've also got some good partnerships as well, launching and obviously on the go. You might have heard in the podcast previously, we've done some stuff with Pirate Studios and we're continuing yeah. that partnership. We're going down later this month, actually, to do some more workshops further down south here in the UK, some live in-person workshops, which we're super happy about. Later on in this podcast as well, you're going to get to hear from the CEO of Pirate Studios yes. about where that came from, how that journey's happened and how he's opened, like, I think, like hundreds of studios around the world now, which have DJ equipment in. And I know there's a lot opening in America in the in this year, in the coming years. So I know a big listener base of ours is in the US, so obviously... Look, keep an eye out for them there. So you'll get to hear from um, David later on in this podcast. But like we said, we're super busy and there's yeah. loads going on. So first thing, what do you want to talk about? Uh, I've just come back from Ibiza. <laughs> it Exciting. Was, was it your first time? My first time in Ibiza, yeah. Um, because of my kind of roots were, was like a hip-hop R&B DJ, naturally I got booked on different party islands like Marbella, Zanti, Malia. Because Ibiza was predominantly house, yeah, sure, uh, and still obviously is. So, but there's still a market out there uh, for uh, there is, but it is still so tiny. Um, but I went there with a hip hop brand called Applebum UK. Shout out to Applebum, and DJed at the uh, amazing Ibiza Rocks. It coincided with our review on Danny James's Stag Do as well. So, bit of partying and a bit of DJing. But it was a great experience. It was so cool. Um, if you haven't seen the Ibiza Rocks Hotel, um, all the rooms look onto the pool and the massive stage, like a huge stage. Um, and they have some of the biggest acts on in the world there. Um, so I was kind of playing like a hip hop R&B pool party kind of vibe. And it was super sick. So um, that's one ticked off the bucket list? Ticked off. And hopefully I think I'm going back um, some point soon as well. So This year? Or don't know. Don't know if sure. I can handle it. I'm still hung over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, Give I, me did, a year. I didn't manage to make it out there to, yeah. to the stag do, but three of them in the office, I, I was back in today and I was yeah. like, how was the weekend? They're like, uh. <laughs> But what was amazing is just going to those super clubs of, and just seeing the levels of production, the just how huge they all are as well. Like Amnesia had like six different rooms in the outdoor bit had a dj booth and they had a uh, restaurant bit and they had like a games room and like and then you walked in elro and like the stage production you had like i say 50 foot group for marvel dancing and uh, people riding like on fake dragons 50 foot in the air and you're like, how do you get that job? <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Because it's it's almost what you envision. You know, if anyone who hasn't been to Ibiza, yeah. sort of people would think like, you know, festivals are the the top of the mm, chain no, when it comes to is, DJing. This but this is a whole different approach. It's like kitting out yeah. a super club venue that fits thousands of yeah. people, like a stage at a festival. But yeah. then you've got the venue around you to like 
decorate or you know mm. make it an immersive experience whereas at a festival you have a stage in front of you and loads of people behind yeah. you have lights and you have a sound system mm. it doesn't go much beyond that usually at festivals but this where yeah. ibiza op- offers up a whole different experience and a whole different like um place for people to aspire to to, to dj at as well i yeah, suppose yeah. you know it's, it's definitely worth taking the trip if you've never been to ibiza you're new to djing or the, you know just partying in general yeah it's definitely a rite of passage isn't yeah. it yeah yeah Okay, yeah, what else you're, is... You're, you're coming out of retirement. I well. am, actually, yes. This is a good point. <laughs> yeah. um, for anyone that doesn't know, I've been obviously working the last seven or eight years um, running Crossfader and, and you know, sailing the ship in yeah. some kind of direction. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we've been sharing all our content over the last seven years. And throughout that time, I sort of wound down my personal DJ gigs because the demands of Crossfader, obviously... Impossible. Yeah, went up <laughs> as well. Um but with that, obviously, I, I wasn't able to get out in clubs as much. I wasn't able to, you know, DJ yeah. at parties as, as much anymore, which is fine. You know, I was happy doing what, what we're doing with Crossfade and I still I am, still am. It's great. But I got the itch recently. I was like, right, we've had COVID and there was no chance of me DJing throughout COVID because everything shut down. And then yeah. after that, I've just sort of got the itch again. It's yeah. been a good three years probably since I did a decent DJ set. Yeah. Um, so I just I just reached out there to some of my local you know promoters friends. around our our scene and i was like yeah, look, couple, i feel like doing couple, a set yeah, a couple of our friends have just opened a cool rooftop bar and you was like yes that's me that's got me <laughs> written all over have a bit of that daytime so i don't have to get up at four in the morning <laughs> yeah i don't have to stay up late daytime and, uh, disco vibes so yeah i'm really sick. excited that's tomorrow um and i'm gonna be playing well, yeah well disco. this week this week is totally crazy because <laughs> in the uk it's the queen's jubilee uh, is it 60 years 50 years one of the years 75 isn't it is it oh okay i've been sleeping <laughs> um so the whole city is has got a long weekend basically and there is events going on every night so i'm de- i think i've got six sets this week in four days um so it's good though it's like an amazing the weather's gonna be good so it's this is the, the kind of times where being a dj is really is like an amazing thing um and you can you can have as many gigs as you want really well all those gigs will you have to approach them all differently or do you have a yeah. kind of single singular approach to them all? all all my gigs are just insane because last night i did um for the same brand i did with a beat at apple bum it was like a hip-hop rave so it was in a rave venue where I'm playing hip-hop dance hall old school and the crowd was just unreal um and then tonight i've got like on the flip side i've got like a, a student gig which is like house sing-along anthems hands in the air stuff then the day after I've got a brunch. <laughs> the day after that I've got another brunch, and then I've got an old school hip hop R and B party, and then I'm off to Scotland, which is like a five hour drive or train journey to go and play like as my own brand as like a mashup uh, venue. So um, yeah. a lot, <laughs> a lot. Thankfully, <laughs> I've got Monday off Crossfader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Tuesday, you know, back in yeah. into the studio. I'll be back. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, it's all exciting. It's great. It is. This is part of it as well. Obviously, you know, we are working DJs. I know I've said I'm coming out of retirement. It's yeah. a bit of a joke, but you know, all the rest of the team are working out there every week in the clubs and obviously bringing a lot of that into the Crossfader studio as well and sharing it through tutorials and yeah. courses and the the education that we create. So um, yeah, super excited for you to be gigging so much over the next few days um what we didn't talk about was the uh, meta stuff oh yeah <laughs> when you were saying partnerships then i thought is he going to mention it <laughs> well this is the thing like you yeah. said there is so much going yeah, on just... um so yeah one of the partnerships we've got going on was with pirate as i said another one um is with beat sauce which we'll talk about in a moment but then the one that 
Lawrence has just mentioned yeah. a big one. It's a big we one. Did <laughs> Meta, you know the the, the big company, Facebook. I don't Instagram, I hate saying Meta still. WhatsApp. <laughs> yeah, I, I still want not, it to be Facebook. I think until the metaverse really becomes yeah. like part of everyone's day to day life, it just doesn't seem right as yeah. a name for a company. But, but anyway, yeah, Meta. Meta reached out and were like, "Hey, we love what you do. Um, would you be up for running?" Uh, a workshop, just an online workshop to start with, but they're going to do some stuff in person in the future as well, but an online workshop for our internal staff. So I basically ran a live workshop over Zoom with their internal DJ group. Now, obviously, Meta is such a big company. They have like societies, like a university yeah. or a college. They have societies within their company. Um, so there was like, I don't know, there's 90 people in their company that are all interested in DJing, for example. So they're all part of this society and come and, you know, watch things like that, like workshops that we put on. So it was really cool for them to reach out. It was really cool to put on a workshop. It was sort of the first time I'd done a corporate, you know, delivered a corporate workshop in that way. A lot of the time it would be just to, you know, DJs like yourselves listening, but to do it through a corporate company was really cool. And hopefully that is something that we're going to deliver more as well. We're looking at hopefully trying to link up and connect with those of you that are listening at some of the bigger shows, especially like ADE coming up later on in the year. We're going to look and see if we can do some stuff there as well. And it'd be great to meet people, you know, through some of these trade shows as well. Sure. As deliver some content through them too. So yeah, that was another one. Like I mentioned, another um, partnership with BeatSource too. Yeah. Um, so anyone that doesn't know BeatSource Streaming, it's, Beat in, you know, an integrated streaming platform for DJs within most major DJ softwares. And their sister company, BeatPort, which you will probably definitely have heard of, has streaming as well. So we're doing some stuff with them, obviously, Lawrence made a hip hop DJ course recently and that integrates with BeatSource where you get three months free access to BeatSource through the course and you can use all the tracks used within the course to learn with. Um, And there's some more content coming your way through, you know, a collaboration between us and BeatSource as well and then eventually Beatport. So there's a lot of cool stuff going on um, and a lot of content being created. So a lot of education coming your way. Um, what else has happened in the industry then? Yeah, if you well, a couple of products. Um, one that came through in a big shiny red faceplate was the brand new um, S5 by Pioneer DJ. Um, the latest, which is the first in line, but the latest model uh, of their um, S mixers. It's uh, interesting DJ they do S it. Mixers. It's interesting they do it the opposite well, way around. Well, let's speak about the good stuff. <laughs> the good stuff is uh, obviously it's, well, it's their their cheapest in the line. It looks we you, you get it out of the box and it does have that wow factor, which you know sells a lot of people like myself. I like shiny things. I like things that look yeah. sick and look cool. And then sometimes features come second. Um, but I had to play around with it. It does have all of them good qualities that all the um, S11 and the S7 have. Um, you've got the pads there and you've got like a you cool, got the Magvel crossfader. The Magvel crossfader. Which is the big thing. You've got the pads. You've got um, scratch bank in there. You've got all your pro features. Um, and then a new thing that came with it is a USB-C bus power. Yep. Which is interesting. It's the first time we've seen a USB-C powered yep. mixer, you know, on the market or even DJ device really. Which makes it slightly more portable. Slightly, yes. Slightly, which is what they're going so for. So you don't necessarily need a power bank. You can yeah. just plug your laptop directly into it to power the mixer itself. Mm-hmm. And I know there is a portable, is a market out there where you can get little turntables that are basically battery powered. Yeah. Um, and you could do some cool portableism stuff, you know, yeah. really on the move without any external power supply. Yeah. But I think that's a bit further down the line. It'd yeah. be interesting to see if Pioneer lean into the portableism side of the market when it comes to turntables yeah. or whether they leave that to the other people like Reloop. Yeah. Um, They've got the new um, scratch cutter on there, which is just emulates different scratches. We've seen it before, 
but this one is this one's a bit more tight i think when when it took us a while to get it working but as soon as you got it working it sounds pretty cool for you to just understand the, the scratches and what they sound like um and then a crossfader hot cue as well which i want to use a bit more because it has a lot of creativity with it where essentially if you're going from crossfader a to b it'll trigger uh, um, your, one of your cue points basically um again it's just it's just this kind of creativity however what i will say is i, I I get who this is for, the beginner. It's kind of your first entry into this um, S5 battle mixer. If this is your first battle mixer, you'll probably get on with it because you'll learn where everything is. Now, the problem is when you've been on S11 like me and Jamie, and this, that's kind of the standard, to kind of go back a level and you know you had searched, to relearn it you kind of had to relearn what you already know which is so much harder than learning something for the first time yeah so obviously that's it's by the by because if you have an s11 you're not going to go and buy an s5 so it is a bit by the by but for your first battle mixer it is definitely packed full of features um and it is the cheapest in the line so yeah, yeah. i love the see-through panel where yeah. you see the mechanism of the crossfader that's a cool touch and i do hope that that kind of let's call it the off-white brandness of stuff yeah. i like to see that creep in because you know um all stuff like that is part of dj culture as well and you know all these little touches obviously not for everyone but all these little touches i think will hey everyone loved back in the day if they could get their hands on gold-plated 1210 <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. the thing you yeah, know yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. just an extension of that yeah moving forward we're looking uh you know there's there's everyone live streaming nowadays there's yeah. people uploading dj content so how it looks makes a big difference as well and i guarantee you that if someone's got a slightly different color controller i bet it gets more views than someone <laughs> yeah, that has a standard that color controller because true. you don't listen you know especially on instagram and things yeah. unless you're on reels or on tiktok where the audio is already active if you're just on a feed or even on stories yeah you're not hearing the music yet you're just seeing it so then it's that oh it catches your eyes yeah, so, you know, there's a couple of cool uh, like wedding djs that i follow like uh, nick spinelli these yeah, guys yeah, yeah. who have the most unbelievable All wedding white. sets and you're like oh my god that white setup that looks sick yeah. <laughs> I, it caught me as well yeah, i saw yeah, that yeah. one recently and yeah. obviously there's a reason why reason. those videos are doing so well yeah. it's just because it looks so good it looks super professional and clean um but yes going back to the s5 mm. i think it's a tricky one yeah like you say it's it a is. tricky one I, I i can recommend it because yeah. when I got on it, it's like if I just wanted a two channel yeah. basic battle mixer, which is all I wanted when I was, you know, learning to scratch and things, mm. then this would have been a dream mixer. It would have been great. Yeah. Um, it didn't need to be more than it is. But there yeah. are limitations. And I will say that it won't last you throughout your battle career because no. once you start getting creative and trying to put routines together or doing more than just your basic scratching yeah. and mixing. It's too many layers. Exactly. There's too many things to press. Yes. And too many stuff flashes that shouldn't flash and yeah I'm, I'm not a fan of things being layered under layers no, like no, no. you know even when you've got a two-channel controller but then it's got four decks and you've got to sort of layer underneath it it's not ideal and it's sort of it's a, just there for the sake of being there yeah yeah it's a bit hard but it's like again we put mixes together for different reasons like we have to get a mixer and show you everything it does on a mix and that's a lot more difficult than if you just pick up a mixer and you want to play two tunes yes exactly <laughs> like if you're happy with just four hot cues yeah. and you're just mixing tracks and having fun it's a great mixer and it feels great to play on if you want to take it further than that i would save up and get one the big thing is is the pad mode buttons so yeah. there is an independent pad mode buttons they're in a shift layer so you got to hold shift and then press one of your hot cues yeah. to basically bring up a new pad mode so mm. that's where it really throws you out as a dj as yeah. soon as you start delving deeper into the pad modes you start to lose your way a little bit as to where you're at. So that's the S5. Um, 
I think it, it the tricky thing about this as well is just to speak a bit more on the fact that you know Newmark they made uh, well Rain sorry made the Rain One and then Pioneer came out with the Rev Seven Newmark which is a part of the music brand made the Newmark Scratch and then Pioneer have come out with the S Five. Yeah. There's a lot of this where you know the in music brand the, will sort the, of do something new or you know approach the product line in a new way and then pioneer leave it for a year and go right let's see how that responds to the market let them do the yeah, test we, run we put a mix rs5 mix i saw a comment today saying when's pioneer's version of the rain 12s and i thought oh yeah, yeah. that's the last thing yeah. <laughs> it makes sense they yeah, no, they've no, got the yeah. usb ports on the back yeah. of the uh, s11 I was like things, that's so. it that's the next one um but yeah just going back to the new mac scratch i will say that yeah you know the new Mac scratch is, is i think it's nearly half the price of it yeah and you know it does feel nicer the the pioneer i will say that the pioneer feels nicer but the new Mac scratch has an inner in there it's got you know yeah. all those basics you need just because it's not pioneer it's still up there as a good quality scratch mixer yeah. and it was one of my favorite mixers before you know some of the other mixers came yeah. around but one of my it is probably still one of my favorite budget battle mixers out there so don't you or, know or you can go probably get a second hand s9 yeah that's discontinued and i guarantee it'll probably be about 500 dollars on ebay or something from somebody and yeah. that is i'd still have that right now because it's still amazing <laughs> so yeah. yeah they're your options cool that's the s5 <laughs> done put back in the box cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay next one next big announcement this was on the same day actually which yeah. was tricky for us because we get sent you know press releases or products and it's always a bit frustrating when we know two product releases are going to yeah. line up on the same day but we can't say anything to either brand either brand because yeah. we're under nda it's like, it's like when big artists release an album on the same day yeah, <laughs> you're like oh yeah. no <laughs> so we had to prioritize making quite a bit of content because we found out about the s5 first but the next big one which we're kind of excited about and we are going to make content on it um is the dvs integration with algorithms dj now what does that mean yeah for anyone that doesn't know algorithm dj is like the leading application for mobile and ipads the and they do one. have a desktop software as well and it's very much designed for that mobile and app market. And there's su such a powerful software is Algorithm Huge. DJ. And it connects to like so many different pieces of equipment. And they're just rolling out update after update after update. And that software is really integrating with like the mainstream DJ industry more and more and more. Now they were, you know, getting loads of requests from these old school scratch DJs or, you know, working DJs that are like, you know what, it's a great app, but we're kind of limited because we can't take it to a gig with us that easily. And yeah. it's a bit, you know, it feels a bit strange. So they listened and they went, you know what, let's integrate DVS, which is digital vinyl system, which ultimately means you can just play any of your songs and control them through turntables and th by using just two, what you call control signal yeah. records. So if you see any scratch DJs online now, you'll see they won't be taking records on and off the decks. Yeah. It'll stay on there and that's called a control signal. It yeah. controls now your mobile or your iPad, which is, it's pretty, you know, it's moving the industry forward a huge step. crazy. Yeah. In layman's terms, you plug in your phone, you log into Beatport or BeatSource, you put your needle on a time code and it will play as a, as a record. Yeah. <laughs> it's as simple as that, but it is unbelievable. Like we've literally just got it um, now. It's in the studio now. And I've only, only played it for 15 minutes and I'm already like, I want to stay on here all day. It's yeah. really, really cool. But um, yeah, go and see all the algorithm DJ stuff already. If ours isn't up by the time this goes out, because it is so cool to use. I think it's going to be interesting to see the adoption of this because I bet there's a lot of 
battle DJs out there or, you know, working DJs that see this and go, whoa, hold on a minute. Mm. You, I don't need to take my laptop to a gig anymore. I can yeah. just take my phone or my iPad. Yeah. Whoa, that's game changing. And I can see quite a bit of adoption coming from, 100%. you know, the working DJ market. Now, yeah. do the beginner DJs need it? Is it another thing to <sighs> complicate the algorithm software? Because it's so powerful. It's almost too powerful for a beginner to to know where to get know. started yeah like. i mean the, the, one of the main features about algorithm is in what's called neural mix which allows you to separate on the fly the stems so with a touch of a button you'll have a track playing you'll press one button you'll just get the instrumental you'll press another button you just get the music you press another one you just get the um, acapella or you can press two buttons and have the music and acapella so the kind of possibilities in, in creativity are just endless and if you think about, I'm I, I'm thinking now. I'm just going to turn up to a gig, log into my beat source, and all of my kind of searching for like acapellas and stuff. I don't I don't even need to do anymore because <laughs> I've got all the acapellas to all the new songs. <laughs> so the, the the creativity and and of, of it is just unbelievable. And yeah. I'm excited to kind of see where this goes and see how creative it could be and. Yeah, I will say though, like I spoke to, I was saying to you just before we started this podcast, is that the only downside with this stem separation, which is yeah. rolling out into pretty much all the softwares, and you know, I think Virtual DJ have got it, and Algorithm have got it, and I can imagine it's going to get rolled out into all of them because it's, you know, it's, I think it's open source. Some of the technology is open yeah. source. I know Algorithm, Algorithm's technology isn't; that's their own development. Their own, but yeah. um, anyway, so. My only downside to it is that there are still like artifacts in the music. So, yeah, you know, you don't get this 100%. clean, pure acapella or this clean, pure no. instrumental. And it depends on the song but, as well. But what gives me kind of hope with that is that lalal.ai, theirs is almost perfect. Yeah. So if they can do it, do you know what I mean? It's like it will eventually get there. Yeah. But like you say, you were saying, yeah, why don't the why don't big record labels just release stems with, yeah, every, so with every song I, I could just imagine right like all these streaming partners mm. they just release through the streaming partners yeah. a new file type that is just a streaming file type or eventually maybe a downloadable one i know yeah. it was a, a thing before the stems file type in native instruments tractor they sort of pioneered this whole stem separation thing yeah. um and then it it sort of didn't really take on but it's because it was very much in like the house and underground scene mm. Whereas mainstream music, like your typical pop songs, if they released a stem file just yeah. through the st streaming services that had these isolated parts all within one file, so you press a button and it just plays the acapella yeah. or instrumental or the mix of them, um, so that you had the clean version, but yeah. it was embedded all within one file, so us as DJs didn't have to go, right, I'll load an acapella on this side, I'll load an instrumental on this side, yeah. and then I'll switch it, you know, you yeah. can just I, pick I and choose what the actual, as you go along. If anyone works at these companies, I wonder what the actual reason is they don't release acapellas. Yeah, because it's, it used to get released yeah, on every vinyl. Yeah. They used to get pressed vinyl. every vinyl. It used to be all Singles, the time. All the time. But if anyone works for Warner, <laughs> like DM me and let me know, because I'm so intrigued as to why there isn't just an instrumental and an acapella with every song. Um, and if you work for Warner, let's yeah, roll this out. Let's, let's get out. actual like stem files for popular music rolled out into streaming. That'd yeah. be awesome. So we get clean instrumentals and acapellas and just level up the industry. I will say, like this is crazy that yeah. we're talking about a turntable, you know, you only go back 20 years or something and people used to like, buy a record and they mm. put it on the, you know, the decks and that's playing the music. Now, I bet anyone that grew up like that yeah. is listening to this and going, what is going on? You can plug your phone in <laughs> yeah. and then control the music on your phone, yeah. millions of songs, millions. like the whole library of the world of music <laughs> all from your phone and control it on any turntable. Like that is just crazy technology. Insane. And that's, it doesn't stop there because the next thing mm. is that, 
Recordbox today have just like teased out a new update that they're doing, which one of, there's two things within this update, but one of them was this cloud analysis. And this is something I've been sort of promoting behind the scenes for a long time. I've been trying, I've been saying to people, why is this not a thing already? Um, With streaming being so popular, obviously when you download a track to to play, it it downloads to your computer for you to stream it from say BeatSource or Beatport or Tidal or whatever. And you might change the grid of that song, you know, because it might be wrong, especially on Denon equipment where you don't have the software to accompany it. You're just downloading directly onto the hardware and you don't have the flexibility of being able to edit the grids as much, you know, as if you were using a software on their hardware. So why can't, you know, if someone downloads that song on a different device and changes the grid and corrects it, and then even in the future sets hot cues or loops that are useful for DJs, why can't another DJ access that, you know, that data so that ultimately as a collective of DJs, we're all correcting the grids of songs, we're setting up unique, you know, cue points, cue points or loops that loops. could be useful. And that information shared for people to access. Now, Recordbox have announced in a coming update that they've got yep. cloud analysis, which means that exact thing. Exact same, yeah. It starts to collate all the data of all these, diff- if you choose to, you can opt out of this, but if you choose to, you can collate all the data of you know your analysis. And if you then download a track from a streaming service, it'll instantly analyze it. It won't have to wait to analyze it because it'll already have that data from someone else yep. who's corrected the grid or previously downloaded it. So ultimately... It's improving the streaming yeah. world as a collective. And I think that's just such a it's such a genius idea, but should just be rolled out pretty quickly, especially with all this AI powered technology coming about nowadays. It's one of those useful tools that I'm excited to see rolled out. Yeah. I'm exci- yeah. excited to see BPM Supreme as well. Yeah, so that was another thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is, see, this is why Danny isn't here. It's yeah. too busy. <laughs> so uh, But yeah, with that video, there was announcement. Well, it wasn't an announcement. It just said it supports BPM Supreme streaming now. We had, had a new logo, a new branding. <laughs> so news to everybody, I think. But um, so yeah, I mean, I I heard from BPM that this this is the way that they were going. Yeah. Um, but then but it's suddenly, been quiet. It's been quiet, and I feel like Pioneer might have just dropped something that BPM Supreme weren't actually quite ready to drop. Yeah. So there's not, nothing about it on yeah. their website, but mm. it sounds like BPM Supreme streaming is it's coming. Ready. It's around the corner. I mean, this all coincides with NAM as well. So as all these announcements yeah. being announced at NAM, and this is why there's quite a lot in this podcast of new announcements. Um, and we'll probably get more details about some of this stuff for future podcasts, but very exciting because yeah. BPM Supreme, obviously their USP then is if they can integrate as a record pull and a streaming service together, mm-hmm. then they've got a unique selling point there um, because you might get unique edits within the record pool that can be streamed or downloaded. Um, and I can imagine some other record pools going that way as well. So I think this is the way the market's going. I can see yeah. probably in five years time, I'm not even going to say 10 years, in no. five years time, we will not be able to really download music from anywhere anymore. No, it will no. just not be a thing that we do. Everything's in my offline locker. That's how it that's how it is now. Like yeah. my offline locker is pretty much full with all the tunes that I need. And then I'm going to a different like I say, I do so many different kind kind of gigs. Like the night before, I just love a look at some new playlists, like, you know, new house, throw them in the offline locker and then just go with the flow. So then the one thing that's missing for me with this streaming and downloading music argument is that like I've got this gig tomorrow and mm. I don't really download music regularly because I'm just 
doing stuff in here in the studio for crossfader yeah so i can just use these streaming services they're perfect i love using them but now that i've got a gig i do want to have actual music i don't really want to take my laptop to it i just want to sure. take a usb so then i've got to go okay i need to download all these tracks that i want to prepare yeah. and re-prepare them maybe for my gig yeah. and spend some money on downloading you know that music which is fine but it's just another task to do when i could have had that set prepared instantly you know using the streaming services that i use now yeah. it'd be great to see in the future some kind of streaming unlock USB. with a usb yeah i can just envision you plug a usb, USB in, in offline locker to the usb yeah get to or the, you don't even have to yeah, export you have to, yeah you don't like yeah. the, the the cdjs yeah. are linked to the internet somehow mm-hmm. um in all the venues and you just plug a usb in which basically is like an encryption and it just yeah. unlocks whatever streaming services you have it sets up the usb play with all your settings and you go right i'm logged in here yeah. are my songs i'm ready to go and i know mm-hmm. denon you know you can do that on on denon already you can sort of log in directly yeah. on the player which is the great cloud. um but unfortunately, we don't get Denon players in the majority of clubs still, yeah. which is a shame, but it's sort of how it goes. So very interesting. A lot of a lot of technology here. There's a lot of technology coming forward. A lot forward. of tech coming through, <laughs> a, lot of te- a lot of stuff to keep up with, and a lot of headache mixes to give me, <laughs> which is a good thing. Which yeah, it's, push, it's pushing it us is, creatively, it is, isn't it? Absolutely. I just said, I just, I said to you, didn't I, didn't I before with the, um, this algorithm stuff that, it's kind of I've, when you put in a mix together there's always like an obstacle to overcome but they seem to be getting rid of all the obstacles which yeah. is making it actually harder because <laughs> like you need to let your brain go anywhere it wants to because there's no obstacles now yeah. which is a good thing i suppose it's amazing it's going yeah. to be interesting to see how these pan out um if you are interested in learning some new skills with us and you you know you might have just got your first dj controller and you think i don't know where to get started i've kind of just got into this industry and i need some advice or help on how to get going then we've got a bunch of dj courses for all the major softwares from Recordbox to serato tractor to denon and it's all split by you know your level so if you're a beginner beginner or intermediate or if you're advanced we've got a dj hub area which is an ongoing membership platform where you can get access to new videos every week new tutorials mix breakdowns and all sorts now if you want to buy a course we've got an exclusive um discount Discount. code just for the podcast so if you type in off the record the name of the podcast off the record all in capitals into our website wearecrossfader.co.uk when purchasing a course you'll get 20 percent discount on any of those courses so yeah go check it out if you've got any questions obviously just hit that contact button and you can be directly in contact with me or one of the team and we can help you choose the right course for you if you need that assistance or drop us a dm on instagram that's right that's me so Moving on to the second half of this podcast, I recently caught up with David, who is the CEO of Pirate Studios. I know we've mentioned them a few times in this podcast, but we're really excited by the partnership. Yeah. And I thought, what better way than to just chat with the CEO and find out a bit of his story. And it's quite an interesting story, actually. So I'm going to let him explain it all. So let's move over to the interview with David. So welcome to the podcast, David. It's great to have you here. And I'm excited to hear from you. So if you just want to let our listeners know who David is and how Pirate came to be Pirate Studios. Yeah, of course. Uh, so my name is David Bory. I'm one of the co-founders of Pirate. Uh, I'm also the CEO. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we started Pirate oof, just over six years ago. I mean, technically it kind of started actually a little bit before that. Um, so me and one of the other co-founders, Mikey, have been kind of running our own studios in Bristol uh, probably for about, eight eight nine years now uh all came about as a, a result of a happy accident basically me and a band i was in 
were sharing a studio uh, that I was renting. I was the drummer, so I kind of had the biggest incentive to have our own studio. Band split up, didn't want to pay the rent on the studio myself. And so enlisted the help of a friend to uh, help me turn it into a, a studio we could make money out of. And I suppose, I mean, the key difference really was just the fact that it was, it was 24 hours. Uh, and we did like, yeah, but we did about three of these just in random pockets of buildings in Bristol. So three separate studios, these kind of 24 hour self-service studios. Uh, and it, it just seemed really popular. You know, people really seemed to like the model, obviously the accessibility, the affordability probably helped as well. Uh, and then in 2016, Pirate was properly born and we built six at the time band studios uh in bristol uh and then today i think we're maybe 740 studios across about 36 locations around the world wow that's incredible um did you envision this at all obviously starting out and just having a few studios did you see that okay we could maybe turn this into a business that is going to scale or was it a case of uh, no 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 i mean you know, I, I was uh, I was in a full time job. Mikey, you know, was a, a full time carpenter at the time. You know, for both of us, really, this was just kind of a a passion project on the side. And um, yeah, uh, the I suppose the scale which it's got to and the, and the rate at which it's gone there has uh, has been pretty surprising for both of us. I you know. As for many music businesses and, uh, you know, businesses in general over the course of the last, you know, 24 months, it's been tough. Mm -hmm. COVID's been, yeah, really a period of just kind of battening down the hatches and just, you know, making sure we, we get through it and we, we make it out on the other side, uh, which I'm pleased to say we have. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it feels like it's been a lot younger than six years. I mean, technically, probably has been a little with the studios we ran before. Yeah. But, um definitely an exciting journey nonetheless how long did the band stay together or is it still together no oh, God, no. <laughs> that, was, that was a relatively short band uh yeah i mean you know uh, we had played a few gigs it was uh it was nothing serious i think i always had the, the impetus just because i you know i lived in a flat at the time i wanted somewhere to keep my drum kit yeah uh managed to convince the rest of the band it was a good idea to rent our own studio and then obviously yeah when we split up of course the lease was left with me so that was then my motivation to go and try and actually do something with it um but yeah luckily pirate was uh, was born and it, it happened to go well no so you've definitely solved a problem the problem that you had you didn't know and didn't have anywhere to put your drums and now suddenly there's there's hundreds of bands around the world that don't need to have their own garage or makeshift studio they can just come down to pirate studios right exactly that and you know not not just bands uh, Hopefully, some of your your listeners will will know who Pirate are. There's a good chance that some of them probably don't as well. Um, but I suppose what's been interesting about Pirate has been that you know where we started in typical kind of band rehearsal studios, we also spotted an opportunity to move into markets that I, I don't think really were that well served until we came on the scene. Um, probably the most relevant to your audience, obviously, is is DJ um, DJ rehearsal studios you were seeing a couple of kind of teaching studios and places where DJs could maybe go and practice alongside being taught. But in terms of like a self-service, dedicated 24-hour practice room where DJs could just come, turn up, pay, you know, between sort of seven to 10 pounds an hour um, and DJ to their heart's content. I think we kind of pioneered that. Uh, and not just in the UK, obviously, which is where we were born, but 
in Germany, US, so we're in New York and LA now and, and Ireland as well. It's been really exciting actually just to see a product that didn't really exist before in the market and how that's grown. And just, I mean, the appetite for DJ, you, you, you're going to yeah. know this better than me, it just seems to be growing month on month, year on year. You know, it's, it's crazy the amount of people getting into it. Obviously, I mean, I think you can do GCSE, like they recognize DJing in your GCSE music now as well, they which do, shows yeah. you just how far it's gone. For sure. Um, when we first started Crossfader, there was a lot of people we used to teach one-to-one. We were that one-to-one DJ school, you know, brick and mortar kind of place. And we had a lot of students saying, can I just come and rent your studio for an hour or two? And Pirate was actually in Leeds at the time where we're based. And so we'd always say, well, just book out Pirate because that's that's the product. You know, we, we, we don't do that. But the thing that always put me off it as well is that, you know, DJ equipment isn't cheap. It's very expensive. So was there a bit of a hurdle there for you to think, well, we're going to put, you know, thousands of pounds worth of equipment in these studios that are self-serving that are just behind a keypad door? And is that something you still have to contend with to this day? Because it definitely would it'd get me feeling quite nervous. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, look, needless to say, we didn't, um, we didn't roll out 20 of these immediately. We started with two in Birmingham. Uh, we did one with um, one of the kind of XDJ controllers, so like the yep. all-in-one units, uh, and then we did one with CDJ 2000s. Uh, <laughs> needless to say, the CDJ 2000 room kind of took off like a rocket. The XDJ controller room, less so, because I think I guess people more used to having that kind of set maybe at home. Like it, it was maybe just a yeah, a little bit less of an opportunity to get accustomed to gear that you might find in the clubs and things like that. Uh, so once we established the demand, we then had the issue, of course, of security. Because, yeah, I mean, we all know how expensive CDJs and mixers are. I mean, you know, and that's when you can get hold of them, obviously, at the moment. Yeah. You can't even get hold of CDJs and mixers, which is crazy. Uh, and so what we had to work on was not just the kind of physical security of the room. So how we actually locked these things down and we actually ended up building these kind of bespoke metal cages for, for the DJ units to sit in. Um, but actually the digital security of the room too. So what we were doing with our security cameras, like using a little bit of AI, how we were kind of controlling the, the power in the room to make sure that, you know, whilst people were enjoying themselves, they were also being respectful to the rooms as well. Uh, and that's been a bit of a journey and needed to sail on that journey. You know, we've, we've had a few learning points uh, from you know various instances, a few people who've been a little bit light fingered in the studios managed to find ways to to get the decks out. But yeah, recently I'm pleased to say we've uh, we've seen far less of that due to the fact that you know we've we've kind of managed to work out how we can protect the rooms both physically and, and digitally. That's great to hear. Um, were you able to operate during COVID, or did you have to shut down as well? First lockdown, we were completely closed. Yeah, um, it's an interesting one. I, I don't remember because the government guidance at the time was not specific to certain sectors. Um, but looking at what was happening in the world, and I suppose just the uncertainty about this disease and the fact that no one really knew what was going on and, and wanted to protect the NHS, we did take the decision to close. Um, and we were obviously closed for the kind of duration of lockdown one. Lockdown two, which, you know, kind of became localized and um, kind of local lockdowns. Um, initially we started just closing down studios and then the government released um, guidance to say that uh, you know, places of work could be open for education and work purposes. Uh, 
So what we did was we restricted our studios to those who were using it for education purposes or actually using it as their physical place of work. Yeah. Um, which, given the majority of our customers are recreational users, had, had quite a big impact, but it at least meant that for those who uh, were able to use it for professional reasons or educational reasons, they were able to use it. So, yeah, it was, I suppose, a, a restricted opening um, that we were able to achieve. Yeah. But then on the flip side of that, you know, we noticed it. There were so many people who took up DJing as a hobby during COVID um, because everyone had that time available to, you know, get stuck into the hobbies they never got to do or maybe new hobbies. So now coming out the back of COVID, especially in this country where everything's opened up again, we're seeing a huge surge of DJs who started out in lockdown. They started in the bedroom and now they're wanting to prog progress to the clubs. And this is where I think Pirate is is going to you know be a great point for all of these new djs that have come through a great place for them to not only go and practice and get used to club equipment but also network as well i think it's a huge thing having multiple djs coming down and booking rooms out naturally you're going to cross paths with other people and i think that's super valuable by having a space like pirate where that's going to it's going to foster that as well um so let's just move on the future of pirate obviously you've as you mentioned, you've got what over 700 um, studios now across multiple sites around the world. You know, does it stop there? Can we expect, you know, our listeners who are placed at different points in the world, is there plans to roll this out to other countries or further in, say, the US? Uh, or can you not yeah, say that? No, absolutely. <laughs> no, 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 I can, I can. You know, um, you know, it's uh, it's fair to say from a UK perspective, I feel like, you know, we, we've kind of emerged now from the virus and all restrictions have been lifted. We obviously saw that little spike with uh, Omicron um, in the last couple of months. But, you know, in comparison to the impact that previous waves have had, like, I, I think we are learning to live with the virus. And as such, you know, that's opening up opportunities for Pirate to grow again. You know, we've kind of been relatively stagnant for the last couple of years, just obviously while we kind of wait to see what happens with the virus. But our ambitions absolutely are to grow. Um, and, you know, primarily we're going to be looking to do so in Europe and the US. I think the US offers a big opportunity for us. Um, we've got three buildings in New York currently and two buildings in LA. Uh, but then you've got everything in between. And then like North and South, I mean, even like, you know, you, uh, look outside North America in general, actually, you know, Canada, you know, there's, uh, there's some wicked cities in Canada where we think this concept would re go down really well. So, yeah, I mean, I think that alongside continued expansion in Germany. I think we're going to do a few more things in the UK. Um, but I also think we're potentially going to be looking at some new areas, maybe sort of Portugal, Spain, and, and that kind of area. Um, but predominantly, I would say our focus is going to be in the US, just because the appetite really for all of our product types out there, but primarily band, DJ, and our little recording studios has just been so significant. And, you know, the, the reception we've got to the concept in New York and LA so far is super promising. So, yeah, hopefully um, it's as, uh, as well received when we uh, we start to move in between those uh, those two cities as well. That's awesome. Extremely exciting for you. And also for the listeners, you know, there could be a pirate coming um, soon to somewhere nearby yourself and honestly it's a great place to go and get hands-on on club equipment um, it's been great chatting to you I would you know love to ch catch up with you again maybe in a year or two's time see how pirates 
grown and see where it's gone. Just to finish this off, you know, a big part of this is we provide a lot of education and we've just launched a partnership with you guys where we're coming and doing actually in-person live DJ workshops at various pirate locations. We did our first one in Leeds uh, just a couple of weeks ago, which went down really well. And then we've got some more in the calendar for next month. Um, and we're just finding out where people want us to, to come to. And it's great to get face to face with those who are learning at the moment and wanting to progress in their DJ career. So I'm really excited to sort of get on the road and meet some of the people hopefully listening to this podcast and then who knows we might take this further so thanks a lot david for coming on the podcast and having a chat and hopefully we'll catch up again soon uh great to meet you james thanks very much for having me on you too take care and there you have it i hope you found that interview interesting we're really excited to do some more with pirate studios and bring our education in person hopefully we can meet some of you guys along the way exactly yeah that'd be amazing gonna gonna be great um like just as a reminder, if you use the code off the record, all in capitals on wearecrossfader.co.uk, you can get 20% off any of our online DJ courses. We're trying to roll these podcasts out as often as possible, but bear with us. You know, we've got a lot of content <laughs> like going said, on. <laughs> there's so much going on. Um, but yeah, we'll keep you updated through this podcast of new releases, new products, and obviously all things DJing and industry related. So until next time. See ca- you in a bit. See you soon. Bye. Bye.